Greetings, kitties. I'm Scaramy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. <laughs> and I'm Sick Schuler. <laughs> and this is 90 Under 90. 90 ghoulish movies. Not under really. 90 minutes. He turned into Saddam Hussein in uh, South Park. <laughs> 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 I'm not even real Okay. Uh, <clears throat> today on our show, clocking in at 87, um, clocking in at 87 minutes and celebrating its 25th anniversary this week, Thank we God. are talking about Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood, directed by Gilbert Adler, or more affectionately known as. Bordello of Blood. Did right. anyone actually celebrate that? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I celebrated. You did in your own household, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the week that this episode drops, so I haven't really. God. When the listeners hear this, I will have celebrated um, appropriately mm-hmm. um, for a full month by um, doing all the vampiric activities that I enjoy. Right, and, uh, getting your titties uh, out. Yep, Hanging I'm gonna, upside I'm gonna, down. I'm gonna let my let my boobies out. Letting uh, your titties out is the first thing a vampire does. They yeah, let yeah. out them, they free them titties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, God, 25 years, you know, I wish makes me feel about as old as Bob Dole's bed warmer. Ah, cha cha. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, there was no uh, there was no Rasputin in there, so I wasn't sure that oh. you were doing an actual Dennis Miller impression. Well, this movie's pretty old. I mean, I feel like Rasputin at a Baroque Radio Shack trying to tune into Mystery Theater while quilling a scroll and curing rabies with ground liverwort, babe. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's so many words. <laughs> That's what his thing is. Yeah. Prepared. That really is. I'll, I'll no, mean, I like... I didn't Less come so in this movie, though. I didn't come prepared, but when I think of like how old this movie is, I feel about as young as a troglodyte playing Fortnite at a postmodern internet cafe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be able to keep up. I, I can't. Just, I can't. Oh my god. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't prepared, though I should have been. <laughs> Try to keep up, babe. You're the Usain Bolt, huh? <laughs> Right off the dome, baby. I was okay. So here's I. I'll just be honest. I was like I. I wrote some Dennis Miller jokes. That those are a few of many here. And um, I looked up how to write a Dennis Miller joke, and they broke it down, and they gave you like an example of his humor. And this is taught in. Uh, this is taught in college at this point. <laughs> One of the things I forgot, and this is crucial is you have to grin, shit-eating grin most of the time through. Like, you have to sell it like Dennis Miller. And you have to be – that grin has to be out of the side of your mouth. It's not a symmetrical (laughs) grin. It's it's, it's more over here, you know? Like, he's he's like, I can't believe I'm getting away with this stuff. (laughs) Like, I can't believe people think I'm funny. 
So, like, honestly, what do you guys think of Dennis Miller? Like, a person, actor, performer, comedian? Uh, Stand-up Dennis Miller from 1980, like, 1985 to 1995, great. Dennis Miller Live, loved the show, watched it with Dad a lot. After 9-11, he got very conservative and a I, real piece of shit, huh? I have not followed since. I don't know if he has turned back. I I couldn't tell you his opinions on Trump. Uh, I just know that uh, I am a fan of a bygone era of Dennis Miller. <laughs> Rick? Yeah, you never really entered my purview other than Weekend Update, which uh, I found entertaining at the time. But uh, other than that, you guys were way more into like the stand-up world than I was. So he kind of never, other than his random movie appearances, never really <laughs> entered my site at more than Weekend Update. He was he was really going for it during the mid-90s. He was in The Net, like like oh, a yeah, serious yeah, movie, yeah. like second fiddle to jody and uh, not jody Foss, sandra, sandra bullock. bullock yeah like being like the supportive friend like babe that's, it's dangerous out there like a lot of like that kind of shit yeah <laughs> the net uh, yeah With that girl from the bus <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah this is a tales from the crypt movie it's the second movie the first one was demon knight which i don't think was much of a success so it really makes you wonder why they proceeded with a second installment of these movies well there was supposed to be a third and then this one also bombed right yeah 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 the first one didn't do so great but they had kind of already promised that this one would come out uh (laughs) and therefore it came out and uh then yeah the third one never happened and now there's like a spiritual third one that uh dan and i texted about a little bit but yeah it's it's called ritual i've never seen it i know huh. tim curry's in it and leah thompson and it has the tales from the crypt like seal on it and i think what they did was they shot after the fact a uh, some wraparounds with uh, the crypt keeper and it looks a little questionable <laughs> like i think compared to um but th- there's a story and it's about voodoo rituals and uh, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, it's an interesting little uh, – it, it was only released in DVD in the U.S. In, like in 2006. So as they kind of buried it, I don't know. It's an interesting history with these movies, but uh, you it's, it, you got to commend it because um, they kind of was trying to do like what they do now with everything. They're trying to build like this Tales from the Crypt-verse. Universe. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like years, 25 years before, 20-ish, you know, 20 years. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the uh, the key, the key yeah. that's featured in this movie was the the artifact that was also in Demon Knight. Okay. And uh, my memory was also that the uh, that the little pint-sized Chuck Norris that opens this movie. I thought that he was also in Demon Knight, but I was wrong. He's he not. Was, he's apparently not. Not according to IMDb. I have not seen Demon Knight since like 1996. Yeah. Because um, I had no interest. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, apparently it's just the key, and the key was supposed to be the thing that bridged all the movies together. I don't know how. Because like so this they, was a anthology series almost at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In its way. Uh, I prefer this one. I've seen them both. I prefer this one to demon knight but like oh man watching this now i guess we'll have to get into it here yeah, <laughs> yeah it's rough um okay so uh bordello of blood it's got it's got cory feldman guys yeah the feldman. Uh, seafelds yeah it opens in uh 
where else but Tierra, Tierra del Fuego, where a little dwarf, as Jer mentioned, a pint-sized Chuck Norris, if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, and a couple other guys on horseback are going to a destination. It's very, uh, what does it it's feel very, like? It's very Indiana Jones. Very or, much, yeah. That's or, what I was feeling. UHF, the opening scene, you know, no, just like Indiana that. Jones. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. we should we should talk about the connection of Tales from the Crypt and to some heavy hitters in Hollywood. Zemeckis, mm-hmm. uh, Spielberg, right there, I believe. I don't know if Spielberg ever okay. did uh, a Tales from the Crypt. I don't think so, to be honest well, with you. But a lot but, of no, yeah, but a lot of big name some, directors yeah. and actors. It was one of those series. It's like you can come Walter on Walter Hill. Do, yep, mm-hmm. you could do a single episode. And uh, because it was, you know, just an anthology series. Uh, and then, yeah, so it, it brought in a lot of talent and it was good for HBO. Like it was one of those early HBO uh, like series successes, you know, the law and order of its time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it ran for several seasons, too. I don't remember how many seasons it ran, but like the first couple are like obviously the you know the biggest. And then after that, I think it kind of fizzled a little bit. I definitely it, remember sneaking out, staying up late. Um and watching this uh, under the guise of the night. <laughs> We're looking for some, some vampire titties. That's <laughs> like rule number one, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but this is but the odd thing was that this was like Bordello Blood is also a movie that you could have watched on Comedy Central. And it yeah. just would have zoomed in a little bit so you couldn't see <laughs> anything below the it. Yeah, that's great. Right. <laughs> that Miller connection. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they are. It's very Indiana Jonesy. They're in the middle of the jungle, and uh, these guys that are joined with pint-sized Chuck Norris, like, it's a good thing you didn't tell us where we were going beforehand. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gone with you. And he's like, oh yeah, is that right? And he's looking at the map. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna. He has a very raspy voice. He does. It's Rasp- almost like I would might even say Rasputin <laughs> voice. Cha cha, babe. <laughs> So they're on their way to go uh, see a, a treasure. And one of the guys, you know, he's, it's very dangerous. And at 400 years ago, apparently a ship got stuck there with a big treasure, says one of the guys accompanying this uh, dwarf. So the dwarf offers a little of what they uh, what they find to him. He's going to bribe him a little bit. So they get to their spot and they start digging. And who knows how long they're there digging because eventually they get deep enough, like in a very – very well constructed underground tomb um and the the little guy tells them that uh inside the tomb is the most incredible treasure in the whole world his plan is to resurrect the most horrible woman in the world has ever known the world has ever known her name is lilith uh really Which is just one of the most horrible names oh, the world has ever known when right? i think shivers up my horrible spine. women oh, lilith. the lilith affair Oh, every time I hear that. Um, so he searched the four corners of the earth to give her to get her heart back. That's how it works. Her heart was in four pieces. And once they're joined again and he has this little box. Right. And there's little dividers. I have these at work to divide the little screws. Um, <laughs> if you just lift one of them, all the screws mixed <laughs> together. Like the so heart. <laughs> he, he, he has a little box like that where the four pieces of the heart are just separated by little slideable a little panels. Bento box. <laughs> And uh, so the heart, it's amazing. It comes together literally in this bento box, and then he puts it inside this crusty old corpse that's inside the the coffin. I was impressed. The effects? Yeah, the the special effects right off the bat. I don't know who did them, but it's uh, uh, pretty good. I think this is 
the effects are good. Yeah, I would say the editing is some of the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. At the end of the movie, did you guys catch like the most egregious thing I've ever seen? The guy made... walking in the background? No, he's okay. I'll just spoil it now. At the okay. end, when he has the yamulkas on and they're consecrating the vampire on yeah. site at the house, he asks him, "Does this match my shirt?" And the rabbi, he says, it's a – and then they cut. They, like, midline, like, <laughs> before he could even get it. Like, it's it's weird if that's intentional. I'm just saying. it's a Go back and watch the very end of the movie. It's like they just rushed the ending there so I, much. I was reading that Dennis Miller was improving so many of his lines and just making them up on the spot. Yeah. And people were getting so pissed at him. <laughs> Yeah. And then he would he would want to leave early. So they do all his coverage first. And then he'd be like, all right, I'm out of here. Chat, chat. And and then they'd have to do the opposite coverage with like a script supervisor. And they had the regular script, but he had improvised everything. So I'm wondering if that's just a case where they did not have a matching line to cut in. <laughs> Yeah, they that had is... nothing else. They could only go with the master, and there was no way to get out of there quicker. <laughs> I'm Chevy chasing you, babe. I'm getting out of here. Chat, well, chat. he was doing Dennis Miller live at the time, and that was right. like – he didn't even want to do the movie. I was reading that too, but like the producer, Joel Silver, <laughs> yeah, wanted to talk to... about him in this movie. <laughs> he fucking – for whatever reason, Joel Silver is like, this movie needs Dennis Miller. It won't work it without Dennis it. Miller. Oh, it's crazy, man. It's like I, it's the casting of Dennis Miller was about as mismatched as Charles Nelson Riley as Atticus Finch in an off-off-off-Broadway production of To Kill a Mockingbird in the middle of the antebellum South cha-cha. <laughs> you like that? It is, it's exhausting. <laughs> when it's like, I can't imagine like if Dennis Miller was doing that in a regular conversation, oh, everyone Christ. would just get exhausted. It's one thing when you got the energy of an audience, but holy shit, <laughs> in regular conversation, yeah, it really does hold up everything. <laughs> yeah, like I'm sitting there like waiting, and he's like he's got five more lines, but like strung to this. this I guess I'll use the bathroom. I don't know. He'll probably be. He'll probably still be going. So. uh so she it doesn't work at first, but then she awakens Lilith awakens and rips out one of the dude's hearts, squeezes a dude's skull and gets these little the little uh, the bulgy eye effects oh, that you get. Yeah. And um, the dwarf can is it is it PC to say dwarf? Yeah, it's PC I to mean, say. I think little person is supposed to be what little, you say okay. now, but I'm I don't sorry, even know. Yes. Like it, it could I, change I by the week. The right there, yeah. All right. I apologize if I've offended anybody. I honestly, like, just as a side tangent, mm -hmm. <laughs> I should. Even, I have no stake in this game. So what am I going to say? I'm just going to say, like, right there, please, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah, never mind. We'll move on. <laughs> Fuck it. Nope. Save it for 4chan, Jer. Yeah. <laughs> so the little person pulls out a key to uh, keep her in line. And that's the thing. He's like, he explains it. He's very expositional, this little guy. He's like, that's the thing about this key. Doesn't matter. Could be right in her face and you can still control her. And she's like, oh. So she's like a really a slave to that key. So I mean, between uh, the key and the heart, there's some weird Davy Jones shit going on here that like the pirates movies should have borrowed from. They did cut up that heart into different pieces, but then you know you become the captain of the Dutchman. 
And he offers her uh, one more victim in exchange for just, you know, just take it easy on him. So she uses her tongue to and then we cut to the mummy played by William Sadler finishing this scene here as he narrates what happened Mm -hmm. uh, to the Crypt Keeper. Um, Sadler, who was in the first movie he was like featured the protagonist barely, like yeah he's like yeah. a main character in demon oh. night mm-hmm. and then he's you know obviously he's death from bill and ted's bogus journey and so like i don't know what it is about playing these types of he must enjoy uh this kind of makeup i don't know pigeonholed into these yeah i was reading he also played death in either an episode of crypt keeper or something related to crypt keeper yep I do, oh, I do remember that. that. I kind of remember that, too, because we were, like, surprised to see it. And it was, like, the one part of the episode that Dad showed us at the time. He's like, <laughs> come here, check this out. You can't watch the rest. There's boobs, but check this out. <laughs> okay, now get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I remember, like, same this. thing. same thing happened with SNL. Like, he woke me up in the middle of the night on a Saturday when I was a little kid. He's just like, check it out. It's the sassy sketch. And he's just like, this is Captain Carl. And I'm just like, that's not Captain Carl. Why did you wake me up? What is this? Like, I didn't understand the concept of an actor at the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird that uh, Tales from the Crypt shares a universe with Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> like it's crossover. Yeah, they should reboot it, and the first episode should have Bill and Ted doing something really dark. Yeah, real dork. <laughs> so the mummy's there. Yeah, Bill and Ted get murdered. Yeah, that's Bill how you get Bill and Ted. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like it. Killing dead. <laughs> Have you guys you guys see the new one? No, I did not. No, no. That's funny. Didn't we do the, the first one together? Yeah. And we were like, oh, I'm really excited about a third yeah. one. <laughs> well, it was one of those releases where it just kind of fizzled. Well, yeah. it was one of those releases where it's just like, you could pay $20 that. to see it. And I'm like, no, it's not worth $20. <laughs> I'll wait to find it for free somewhere. I saw it in a friend's past and future guest Jay's backyard. It uh, it was uh, projected on his, his house and uh, right. <laughs> drinking some beers. The sound wasn't great, but he fixed that for Space Jam New Legacy. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> he was amazing because there's like a bunch of middle aged people uh, getting wasted and there was no kids. And we're all watching Space Jam and New <laughs> Legacy. <laughs> Soaking up nostalgia. And we're just like, should we do we even have I'm thinking, do we even have the right to criticize this movie? <laughs> old to critique it even so anyway back to the mummy he's telling the crypt keeper what happens next in the story and he's like she rips the guy's face off uh, apparently so he starts talking about movies he's directed is he supposed to be like an analog for boris karlov or something like an actor who played the mummy because he's talking about movies and like movies he's directed and crypt keeper kind of looks at us and he's like i know it was shit because he like admits that one of the mo- like his last movies was shit. Are they talking about Demon Knight? Are they talking about Boris? Like whoever played, it doesn't matter. I was so distracted just looking at the puppet like move <laughs> like his eyes and shit. I was just like, eyes. this is this is some good uh, some good animation or not like yeah. animatronics. Yeah, going on here. Like if, if I don't know, I'd have to look at one of the old episodes. But it felt like this has got to be a step up for the puppet. That's what I mean. The practical effects in this are kind of a saving grace because they're. Mm-hmm beautiful to watch yeah i honestly i just want to see, and i've oh, this was always my thing when i watched the show is i want to see more of uh the crypt keeper like just farting around yeah. like make a sitcom about the crypt keeper well no because then they, then they gave us a saturday morning cartoon, cartoon and game yeah. show yeah <laughs> that's not what i want i want the sitcom 
So yeah. he's hanging out, and um, in this setup, it's a bar, and he's and it's I like this setup because he's really bored, and he doesn't want to be at this uh, dinner with uh, the mummy, and he, like they even have a voiceover monologue from the crypt keeper where he's like, oh, get me out of this dinner. Yeah. <laughs> So that's when the mummy challenges him to a game of rock, paper, scissors, but the stakes are limbs. So the loser gets a limb chopped off. And, like, it's not fingers. Like, right out of the gate, it's it's a hand. The he whole takes hand off. at the wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, takes Rick's off. walking dead. Shake, chops it right <laughs> off. <laughs> chops off Crypt Keeper's hand. And then he he's like, anyway, here's the story. Bordello of blood. <laughs> anyway, here's something completely different. <laughs> Although, and that's what I thought. I thought the uh, prologue was disconnected from the rest of it. They right. set it up as if it's going to be a, oh, that was its own thing, and now we're moving on to the actual tale. But it's completely connected. Yeah. Right. It's It, it just takes a again, long time to connect. Once again, yeah. it makes me take the editing to task. Like, whose yeah. idea? Was it the director? Was it Anyway, now we're in a house in the suburbs, and it's the main protagonist uh, lady. She's uh, Ellie May Clampett. Ellie Mae Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> adaptation. Another where... great early 90s TV to movie adaptation. Right By up there with Adam's me Family. Mediocre. <laughs> no, I put it up. I mean, it's not as good as Adam's Family. It, maybe it's a, a it's a, a step below Adam's Family values. When was the last somewhere... time you watched Beverly Hillbillies? Uh, for me, it's I was trying to come up with a quip, but it's like, it's been a while. I'll just say, and like I do, re- I remember it. Like, it's got Kevin Connolly from, um, uh, it's got E from Entourage in it. It's yeah. got <laughs> Jim Varney, Leah Thompson. Um, I wasn't impressed. I would put it below Brady Bunch. Wow. But I'm sorry. You know what? We could move on. <laughs> just, Rick, you really disappointed Jer. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel like it's like I, all I did was jump into Pop Is Balloon and be like, that wasn't that special. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you put Brady that. bunch above it. <laughs> it's just like I was not impressed. So now, all right, well, gonna... you don't have to dwell on it. <laughs> all right, move on. <laughs> you hated it. <laughs> I didn't know he was Erica Oleniak, by the way, <laughs> not Ellie Mae Clampett. There you go. <laughs> Who, who's your character in this? I uh, don't even. Know. I wrote down <laughs> Ellie Mae the whole time. <laughs> we know the actress and Ellie Mae. That's, that's a problem. I'm doing. I'm. I'm I'm taking notes on everything, and it's always like something. However, I associate the character, and then like, but that gets into like gets me into trouble for other things. Like I'm watching Twin Peaks, and I'm like, I don't know who any of these actual (laughs) names are. That's easy to do, because it's like all these scenes. It's like they're add up. Rick, are you a Twin Peaks fan? Oh yeah. Uh, all right. Well, for me, it's like all these scenes. Don't pop another they... bubble, man. Like, don't, like, let's just <laughs> don't dunk on everything we love. She's Erica Leniak is pissed off at Corey Feldman for playing loud is... music. Her name is Catherine. Catherine. And, um, Catherine. I'm... Here, I don't, no, I don't want to say. I want to say that the plot holes in this movie make the crack in the Liberty Bell look like the Gobi Desert. I just want to want to say real quick. <laughs> I was top of my head. <laughs> you hear me clicking? Um, no, I'm not. Now, hold on. Uh, I just want to say. <clears throat> Her name is Catherine, by the way. So anyway, 
Um, she's at her house and she's on the elliptical and she's watching her boss, Chris Sarandon, which is weird because like the last person you want to fucking see is your fucking <laughs> boss on TV after work. But she's like apparently wants to fuck him and she works for Chris Sarandon. So I guess it's understandable. Fright Night original. Oh, geez. Well, what makes Sarandon. you think that she wants to fuck him, though? Like Cause she's watching him on TV on the elliptical but she's, at night she's, after work. She's like, well, number one, she's like. <laughs> Yeah, the elliptical is what really sells the horniness. <laughs> no, she's, she's writing. A she's thing. like his number two, and she's like total, like very, like involved with the company, and that's that's just she's. Well, I have a theory. Is that she's all, all Jesus. She doesn't want to fuck anybody. All those really <laughs> the close number twos, like you always see in movies, they always have a crush on their bosses, and this one she doesn't. But like you want to project in, that onto there. You're bringing in too much baggage from other movies, man. This woman <laughs> yeah. is pure. I am cold. She's I am pure. I am. I am. I am. I am. So she's watching Chris Sarandon, who's a fire, and he's a fire. Jesus will come back. And there's gonna be the end of days. <sighs> that kind of shit. He's a fire and brimstone type preacher. He's on the she's on the elliptical. And meanwhile, Corey Feldman, that's right. Go for it. Go for it. The single, the guy who wrote that. Have you guys seen that video of him on the Today Show? Go go to no. YouTube, type in go number four it, Corey Feldman. <laughs> You're in for a real treat. It's on my bad music playlist on YouTube. Here's 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 the thing. I know that Corey Feldman had a very troubled life. I'm not gonna go seeking more shit to like put oh, on Corey bad. Feldman. I don't oh, need to do no. that. Like, so Twin I'm gonna Peaks, let Corey there's a lot Feldman of scenes in, in Twin Peaks where. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Now I'm not saying this movie drags, but it would place first in a Kenyan I did around. <laughs> Don't blow them all at once, Dan. Don't blow your load there. I know, I know. He's got I only 40 have... more. <laughs> yeah, I've got plenty. Don't worry. I have a lot more. So <laughs> there. Okay. So Corey Feldman. I was just about to say, Jer, in my notes here. To be fair, he's a. I think he's a good actor. Like I do. Mm-hmm. I think he's suffered some abuse. He, no, he clearly. He clearly definitely has. That. He has confirmed suffered it's just, some abuse. It's just kind of like yes, yeah. He's no, he's, he's he's he was very good up to a point, and then you know life uh, got in the way. So uh, got in the way, yeah. Corey Feldman's being himself in his other room. He's got like he looks like a total punk. He's like spiked leather, a lot of piercings. He looks kind of like uh, Corey Feldman. Yeah, he <laughs> looks like Corey Feldman in 1996. So yeah. he's her bro, Caleb. To be fair, he's good. He tells her, "Don't worry about him." They're already in hell, man. You think I'm going to go to hell and burn? Like, he's like, that's his mindset, man. And he's, like, blasting his music. He's like, there, that's for the rest of the neighborhood to hear. I'm Donatello, but only in one of them. (laughs) No, and then he came back Robin Williams style in the third one. I came back in the third one. (laughs) It's took Um, a break. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So he's he's back and he he tells her he's leaving. He's like, Fine, I'm leaving anyway. I gotta go meet my friends and go to the bar. You know, so, you hear that voice and you think, yeah, the one who's really good at machinery should be the, should, should be that voice. You know, like you don't give fucking 
I, I, how do you not have him be Michelangelo? You know, way like, more of a stoner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although I love that Michelangelo. That's still the Michelangelo voice I think of if I ever read a comic. At the, I agree. At the local bar, uh, Caleb Corey Feldman hangs and he throws darts while his buddy stands in front of the board and they're betting. And it's like 16 bucks is what's on the line here. And uh, Caleb tosses the dart and it gets his dick. But to and, be fair, it's $16 in 1996 money. Oh. That's which like is $32. Like, yeah. gotta be. <laughs> that's enough to buy a few $32? Rounds. $32? <laughs> now, Jared, did you pick this movie, or who picked this movie? You I picked, picked this it. movie a while ago. Oh, yeah. we just, <laughs> I picked we it didn't get around Rick. to it. And I was going to ask, did, did someone pick this because of the dart incident at Rick's house uh, when we were kids? Because it's very akin to what happened at Rick's house. Um, we've told this story already, but I threw a dart and hit Jared's leg. It didn't hit his dick. And it was at Rick's Oops, house. Like and then Jared threw a dart and hit my chest. And it, uh, <laughs> These were um, cork darts, by the way. Metal cork darts. And oh, Rick's yeah. like, you guys are crazy for this one. And then like, we all went to This sleep. is why my parents don't want you guys around that often. <laughs> all right. It wasn't so, the swearing. <laughs> yeah. So the um, – where are we? They, uh, they're at the, the bar. bartender. Yeah, the bartender recommends that they go get laid. And here's the thing. They act like like they seem like they're a lot younger than they are. Like, I think they're like playing younger. She's like, you guys are young. You need to go get laid. And like they're playing stupid games with darts. They they are. They do seem like they're much younger, but it doesn't matter because they're all going to die soon anyway. So and then a dude comes in who's a real tweaker. He tells them like he's in this a lot like strap yourself in for this guy he tells him to go check out this bordello it it doubles as a funeral parlor <laughs> and he asks the dude to ask for the cunningham wake at the door so feldman's going and they're like where are you going he's like didn't you hear him i'm going i'm to- going to the cunningham wake <laughs> where do you think i'm going let me try it <laughs> <laughs> you go now okay <clears throat> I'm, I'm going. I'm going to the Cunningham Wake. <clears throat> no, yeah, it was pretty good. No, that's not bad. It was pretty good. Thanks. I like the tweaker myself. Uh, this guy commits so fucking hard oh to his God. role. Yeah, like, like when the guy tells him yeah. to get fucked, and he's like, "I'm talking about getting fucked." <laughs> <laughs> the best god damn best. That guy had an aneurysm. Uh, I read in the trivia. He had like three on set. Holy shit! No, no, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't doubt it. He goes hard. He goes hard. <laughs> it's hard. So he takes a buddy to the uh, the old whorehouse. We've all done this with a buddy. At the door, the creepy funeral director answers. He's he's a short little pudgy British guy. With like foofy gray hair, wisps of hair, and like, he wears he, like Oswald rubble. Cobblepot style yeah. hair. He looks very Oz Cobblepotty. Yeah, with a beard. <laughs> very he, he lets them in, and he he takes them to a secret coffin ride, which is very like Disney, but like I'm sure they wouldn't let make you crawl into a coffin. They do something like akin to that. Yeah, That's, I don't remember Haunted Mansion having me <laughs> climb into a casket. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of the Casper ride. You know, in the movie where they go down into the basement in Casper, 
Uh, I just remember Father Guido and uh, Dan Aykroyd being in it. That's it. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Someone else. And then, if He's you like, man, recall, you're a fucking Ghostbuster and you can't handle this? <laughs> and if you recall, he had a mustache, a porno stash in that. But if you recall in 2016, he was a cab driver and he said, Ghosts? I ain't afraid no ghosts. So that's the second time he's played on the song uh, in different Ghostbusters movies. So I'm wondering what variation of the lyrics is he going to do in this uh, new, new one? Uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> this, this new Reitman one. Right. It makes me feel good. <laughs> he's going to say that. He's going to say that. Thank you, you Rick. Uh, you're welcome, producers. Uh, Sony. I uh, shoots. I saw that car. I saw the ecto cooler at the, uh, on, the Sony, <laughs> on the Sony lot during a tour when I was in L.A. And the tour guy was like, now this is the ecto cooler. This is really cool, guys, because they're actually using it in the new Ghostbusters movie that's being shot right now. <laughs> and he talked just like that. And we were like, here's five dollars. Don't talk. Five dollars. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So that's so the they go down. They go down into the bordello. They go into the bordello. Day which, bl- by the way, Disney would not do. Greeted uh, <laughs> by tips. <laughs> the bordello de blood. Can we call it that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the Spanish word for blood? I don't know. I took French. <laughs> I took two years. I completely have forgotten. I took four. If you count oh, seventh damn. and eighth grade. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You guys keep talking? Yeah, because it's <laughs> worth looking that up. Uh, so, yeah, they are um, the greeted by, by bare breastuses all over the place. And uh, they pick women, basically. Uh, the buddy goes with Tallulah. And then uh, she's uh, got him. Is this where she ties him to the? No, she just has him in the room. I don't know, Jer. <laughs> <laughs> Here, hey, we, hey, listen. The set design is about as flimsy as Slobodan Milosevic's relationship with the Socialist Yugoslavian Federation. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because he ended Explain it. Explain to me why. <laughs> because he ended the Socialist Yugoslavian Federation. He was instrumental in the ending but, of it. I'm, I'm asking, how is the set design like that? Oh, is how is it flimsy? Yeah. Oh, you just have to open your eyes. Rick, help me out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's not a lot of load bearing walls. Uh, oof, shoddy construction. Nary right. an electrical site uh, outlet insight. Yeah, what's with the framing of this movie, babe? It's like I spend more time on the right than I do in real life. I mean, the camera work is like watching a geriatric try to play Fortnite at a postmodern Internet cafe, babe. <laughs> Was that your second Fortnite release <laughs> in these Dennis Miller shows? In an internet cafe? No. <laughs> Postmodern internet cafe, babe. So Tallulah's the one who's... <laughs> who's who's the, the one with the bigger tits? I don't know. I don't I don't remember the size I'm of them all kidding. individually. I'm kidding. The uh, the the one who goes in with the buddy is is named Tallulah, and she kind of works on him a little bit before Lilith comes in, and we see uh, Lilith in her uh, in all her beauty, not looking like the freaking uh, like a Ferengi like she did earlier in the movie. She does a great job acting in this. She goes. <laughs> she, 
<laughs> you said it with such sincerity, such to earnesty. Oh wow! You want to talk about commitment? <laughs> no, I don't want to say I was uh, committed, oh, but uh, <laughs> is, uh, here, let me come up with one. You guys talk for the next ten minutes. Hey, uh, I'd yeah. say. Never mind. Go ahead. As, as far as supermodel actresses goes, she's she's okay. I mean, I'd say I'd put her at a C C minus level actress. There's been way better ones. This is another one that I think it was like the producer who was just like, no, trust me, supermodel actresses is the next wave. This is they're all gonna be doing films with Dennis Miller. And Tyra I think Banks I read she is... was dating Sylvester Stallone at the time. Oh and God! And he put in he put in the word for her. Can you imagine the fucking conversations those two are having <laughs> in 1996? <laughs> should I do Copland or should I not do Copland? Is this 80 20 percent ground beef or 85 15? <laughs> what do you think? I don't know, Sylvester. How <laughs> well, can I make a loaf with 85 15? <laughs> you need that fat to bind it all together. So, uh, Angie, how long were they together for? Who cares. <laughs> <laughs> so he lets them into the secret coffin, right? And on the other side are tits and girls, and the girls lead yeah, them. Yeah, we went over this. He's in, <laughs> the, the, she's in the room with Lilith. Lilith finishes off the one guy, and then with we cut to Corey Feldman. She puts her tongue down his throat, pushes out his heart. And she says, don't eat your heart out, baby. That's my job. Chomp. <laughs> yep. And that chomp is an actual line of dialogue. <laughs> she does say chomp. It was odd. Chomp. Odd choice. And then I'm going to grind your balls into guacamole. Can I tell you, just because you're saying that right now, the only thing that I remembered in terms of her lines was I was like, I know she says something about balls when she's like full <laughs> vampire. Because I remember being like, balls, and it like sounded weird. And the word balls stuck in my head for many years, 25 years now. Because of this movie. Yeah. And whenever I eat guacamole now, I think of, I think of balls. Balls, balls baby. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck it okay so cory feldman is talks in this yeah cory feldman's in, like, in the dungeon room Buzz. and, and right. uh yeah fuck so he's, she she basically repeats the exact same thing she just did in the other room he's so with kind of patrice yeah. yeah and patrice, why, why the third nipple she has a third nipple do you yeah. not remember that no so we yeah. cut into cory feldman's room and the shot starts, I believe, at chess level, and she has three nipples. Wow. And Did they call like, attention to it? Oh, yeah. He has a line. He's like, finally, I met a girl with something extra. Which, oh. what? <laughs> yeah. that's what? Did he mention before that he's been always looking for a girl with something extra? Yeah. <laughs> Solid plot point. I really like your third nipple. I've been looking <laughs> for it for a long time. That's finally. <laughs> Fuck, fuck you, man. <laughs> no, it's exactly like Mallrats, too. It's the same breast, the same position of the nipple, like the same framing of the shot. It's the exact same thing. They just use the footage. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. But it, then Lilith comes in here and she's like, don't eat your heart out, baby. <laughs> and then I she love finishes line too. What does he say? 
Wow, two chicks. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. That's cool. That's cool. (laughs) Jesus, who wrote that? Was it Sly Stallone? (laughs) Was there a writer strike and that was the best improv he can come up with? Wow, two chicks. That's That's cool. cool. Put it in the movie. (laughs) Everyone will love that line. They cut it out of Judge Dredd, so put it in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so he cuts to, uh, this is Catherine at the uh, police headquarters asking about Caleb's whereabouts. But they have too many cases, so they're not going to pay attention to Caleb. So that's where Rafe comes in. He's like an, ab- an ambulance chaser, so to speak, but for for PI work. You know, he shows up at the station, he specializes in missing persons, and then he gets the spillover. So he asks her to come to his office, which is in the sleazy part of town. <laughs> Apparently he can afford to rent an entire uh, old porno movie theater. Right. Instead of just an office. Yeah. He lives in a porno movie theater, which has been a dr- just a dream of mine. <laughs> as long as I could remember. And sure. I remember we'd be sitting around, we'd be in Rick's backyard, and we'd be staring at the stars, and I would say that to you guys. <laughs> like, guys, what do you dream of? <laughs> I want an abandoned porno theater. <laughs> Complete right. with working video games still. <laughs> yeah. And you Posters. Know, so uh, instead he – so she's like, nah, you're sleazy. And then like, he kind of has to chase her down the street. He'd persuade her a little bit, put on that old Miller charm. Do you see where she finds an old poster for some porno movie and then like yeah. quickly puts it away? Apparently there's a deleted scene where she used to be a porn actress. Oh. An overweight porn actress? And that was really? her – That was her name. So the poster has Chubby her o- like – Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> What? Yeah. This movie's crazy. A whole deleted uh, subplot where she was that like actress and like yeah, that was one of the reasons. Dennis why Miller she... also is like, I I swear I recognize you from somewhere. Oh, okay. that's the I like that's where that like the I last got, remnant of that. I got confused because I thought you guys meant that the actress who played her oh, was actually no. a chubby porno actress. No, no okay, the character. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Catherine was at one time an that's, over. That's yeah, so a interesting. Plus size. Uh, so adult. she turns to the Lord to kind of act. I would actually like her better as a character if they did that. I don't know. Like this whole. Uh, at least it explains her. Uh, that Returns ultra. Christ. Yeah, that ultra. Like I don't know. But anyway, he. Um, they go to his office and said he, he chases her down the street. He asks her to call him Catherine as a joke. And then he says, I'll be gentle. And he asks if he uh, met her somewhere before. And yeah, Jared just explained that. And they go to his shitty office just down the street. And uh, she tells him about her bro and gives him a pic and says he goes out a lot, gives him his friends' names, etc. And Rafe, Rafe Gutman is on it. His name's on the marquee of the porn. <laughs> Guys, what's a what's a better Dennis Miller character name? Is it Rafe Gutman <laughs> or Xander Kelly? What's what's the better character From name? Joe Dirt, of course. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Rafe Gutman. Did he have a fucked up name in the net? Let's find out what his character <laughs> name was in the net. Yep, it was Rory Fart Cabin. <laughs> Rory, and. Uh, he, yeah, right off the bat, he wants to get on her and on the case because he's thirsty for work and her. So 
he's uh, checking out them gams, and he insists they met somewhere before. And uh, he tells her she's not his type anyway. You know, he tries to play hard to get. And so he charges her 150 day plus expenses. He Then he charges half when she's like, no. Which and, seems uh, like, by the way, anytime you see in a, like a private investigator in a movie or a TV show, it seems like $150 plus expenses is the going rate for any private investigator. Yeah, inflation I've, does not affect uh, PIs. Yeah. In my experience, and I've hired four. Uh, yep. Yeah, that tracks. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so he charges half when she's about to leave. He gets a call from his ex because that's funny. He can have a background conversation one-sided where he insults her and stuff and uh, says stuff. Uh, all I remember is he just says, fuck yourself, and then he hangs up on her. He like goes, I got to go. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Why does he need an ex-wife that he's, like, right. battled with? Like, I, Rick, did, Rick, what do you think? What? The, they're trying to. Well, I think there's a lot more to this movie that just did not make it in. Probably. Like there's that. There's a lot more depth to the characters that was given at some point, And then it either didn't make it uh, it left on the cutting room floor or not developed enough. I don't know. I agree. I think I think because it's because it's edited in such a weird, shitty way to, to call it out uh, in the editing in this movie. I think there's a longer cut yeah. of this movie. And. Release the whatever cut uh, of that <laughs> one, too. Release the Adler cut. Yes. <laughs> Release that one, because I'm the sure. The Miller cut. Yeah, the <laughs> Miller cut, where he goes on for 45 more minutes, because every one of his lines takes 10 minutes to get through. <laughs> Honestly, like, and I've said this before on the show, any movie that has a longer cut, I welcome. I don't know about you guys. Like, wow. even... Like, even <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to watch it. Like, even if Made in Manhattan has a 25 extra minute cut, I'm not going to watch it. But I, I think it's cool that it exists, you know? Yeah, it's fine. But, like, I'm I'm, I'm at the point where uh, if I see a movie, I can't I can't watch an unrated or an extended version of it unless it was, like, the director's original vision. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if it, if it's just we're going to throw in some scenes just to add a just just to have another cut. Like I screw it, I don't care. No, I'm I'm past that point in my life. I used to always get the unrated cuts of movies, and now I'm just like, no, it no. slows the movies down. There tends to be a reason things get cut out in the end. Yeah. What do you guys have? You guys been watching season two of the Super Fan Office episodes by chance? I have. No, yes. no. These have been weird and interesting. Uh, they go down some interesting rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like almost through it, and uh, yeah, I don't even know I the premise. You guys are right. Um, yeah, it's on Peacock. If you if you have access to Peacock, you can watch uh, seasons one, two, and three. They have like extended versions, which is basically they just take all or most of the de- deleted scenes and okay. put them back into the okay. episode. So which I've never seen, like so it's new to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like I think it's cool but interesting. I think you guys have a point. Like there's a, there's a reason that they leave that shit on the floor, but I still I like to have the option, you know. Yeah. So um anyway, he uh gets the. He, Cuts a Rafe at the uh, he's on the job yep. and uh, cuts a Rafe at the bar questioning Caleb's friend Zeke during a pool game. <clears throat> he criticizes his shot choice in pool. Uh, he's right, though. Zeke's not very good. And either is the guy he's playing with. And Zeke's they're, yeah. they're pretty comically bad at pool, actually. Yeah. Like there is not even a ball that he's aiming for. And he puts it <laughs> in the corner pocket. It's like they're just setting themselves up for for Dennis Miller to just riff on them, and that's all he's doing here for like these couple minutes. Um, but but uh, it does 
inject a little something into the movie. I do like this scene of him doing like actual investigating and being kind of like a dick in that smarmy Dennis Miller way of just like, Hey, I'm so above you. I'm not even going to be affected by what you're saying. Like, I don't right. know. I, I do like this scene. It's an interesting way to grill like a witness is to, is to make fun of them during a pool game. You just, yeah. in other, and in other contexts, they're like beating them up or they're like roughing them up or intimidating them. He's just cutting him Critiquing down with their pool. <laughs> and they just like, Oh, your Millerness is getting to me too much. Fine. I'll tell you everything. It's like, look, babe, I know a lot about pool. I play it in the opening credits of my talk show, okay? So I know a thing or two about shot selection. That's right. And he wasn't even supposed to criticize their pool playing, but he just improvises it and makes it in. Hey, can you do me a favor, babe, and purposely miss these shots? I want to dunk on you on camera for a little while. (laughs) Yes, Mr. Miller. It's like, look, you're going to pocket the cue ball. And he's like. What, what should I do with it? Pocket, pocket <laughs> the cue ball. Pocket the cue ball. Pocket the cue ball. Dennis Miller told you to do it. Do it. Dennis, there's no there's no ball there. Just pocket the cue ball, son. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so he could dunk on it in a very specific way. <laughs> All right. So he ends up getting info out of Zeke and this other guy. Like he just he asks one of them straight up. He's like, where'd he go? He's all like, he went to a whorehouse. (laughs) (laughs) And he remembers the address to his credit. He's like, 325 Beaumont. (laughs) So Zeke fucks up his last shot, drenches a hottie with a beer and then rapes. That sucked. You suck. I'm out. Like basically. He riffs one more time, and then he's out. They should call him Riff Gutman, right, guys? He's got oh, that. Yeah. He's got Hell the great yeah. blowjob line at the end there. Oh, what is he? He's like, oh, you want to go outside? He's like, no, nah, I don't want a blowjob. Sandals not in the mood for a blowjob, babe. Do you think they had to sound edit out all the cha-chas in the games? <laughs> They spent half a million in post-production just getting that's, all the cha-chas out. That's why they had to cut all that other stuff. They couldn't they couldn't finish the footage. That's the reason for the shitty editing. They had to cut around bebs and chat chess. <laughs> no one never release the, the chat chat cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's why the rabbi like gets cut off mid-line. He, right. They don't know when to fucking come in because he's doing the, like they have to wait for him to go. In shot. fact, <laughs> he was doing that to make sure that other people didn't get lines. He was waiting. He was. He's like, does this? Gotcha. this he's like, does this look okay? Uh, it's cha-cha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole. He's worse than Chevy. So um, so Rafe shows uh, up at the uh. The funeral parlor. What is it? It's the mortuary. Well, the the creep inside, the British guy, gives um, a eulogy during a funeral. So this is during the day when Rafe mm-hmm. shows up. And the creep from the bar who, like, had three aneurysms uh, recommend, who recommended the whorehouse is there. And he's squirting sunscreen on. And Rafe sees it, and he's, like, loving it. He's just, like, smiling and laughing so much to himself. <laughs> And he notices that the casket is quite heavy when the pallbearers lift it. Hmm. Even though this particular person died of flesh-eating bacteria, which, you know, it's <laughs> such a common thing that you would put in the newspaper. That's what's so com- – like, it's like, is this movie, like, a straight-up comedy? It, it is a comedy. Like, it it's is a comedy. Yeah. 50%. I would – more than 50. Now we're introduced to Chris Sarandon, the preacher who has a magnificent church. He's uh, He's cool. He has a guitar. 
Uh, anyway, the the lead he looks female. remarkably like Dennis Miller in this movie. <laughs> um, no one out Miller's me, babe. Um, Catherine works for him. That's the connection, and he tells them Judgment Day is a coming. And Rafe uh, shows up to see her at this church during the rocking sermon. And uh, guess who else is there though? The little guy from the beginning who unleashed evil. Yep. And apparently he works for Chris Sarandon. They're they're in cahoots. Something's going on. So and Chris Sarandon is like his intentions are like somewhat pure. Like he. Yeah. So the idea is that uh the you know the little guy is getting people to go to the bordello, mm-hmm. and Chris Sarandon is in support of this because it like removes sinners from the planet. It's murdering sinners. Yeah, it's just fine. Get rid of them. And he's like somehow okay with it. And the, the beginning. money they're selling their their cars that are left behind for charity. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's the game that they have going on. It's cars for kids, you know. <laughs> that's the concept. Oh my god, literally, uh, right? Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, Rafe is introduced to Chris Sarandon through the uh, through Catherine and he tells him the, yeah he's doing this thing where for whatever reason in this movie like every single day he finds Catherine in person he's like well here I got a little bit more information I'm not gonna call you about it I'm not gonna wait several <laughs> days until I have more to actually tell you he's just like I'm still on the case I know where your brother went and like, like he's, yeah I knew where he went too <laughs> past this. he wants to see her so badly um he has on good authority, yeah, that he visited a, a whorehouse. So he's like, yeah, and she's like, no, let's call the whole thing off because if that's where he went, that's that's real. That's taking it sleazy, my friend. So smell you later. <laughs> Peace. But he takes it upon himself to not do that. I don't know if he continues to charge her after this, but he goes on for several more days at least. <laughs> he's working for love at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cuts a Rafe back at the same bar set because there's only like four sets in this movie. He's talking to the bartender about how she was a one in a million, even though she was a real church chick. Uh, that's when that crazy tweaker again, who was at the funeral, uh, is at the bar. And he is so, like, out of it that he is doing the same rehearsed shtick. And, it, like, he does not recognize Miller, nor does he in the subsequent scene, really. Like, he's just so... He's, I think he's just a tweaker. Well, I mean, in the in the church scene, it was the first time he actually saw him. And, like, he didn't actually talk to him. And at then the, at the church and then like here he is at the bar and like, you know, so are you talking about the mortuary? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Or, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not the church. The mortuary. Yeah, but, like even when he like there's no hint of recognition when he's out front at the place at the mortuary and like he gives him his card and he reintroduces himself. He just mm. goes ah. <laughs> like he yeah. seems he just seems out of it to me. Yeah. Um, well, he is uh, not human, so. And right. he's, he's only slowly turning into a vampire. So he's in the a long, uh, arduous process. Right. It would seem, based on the way that this movie presents itself, that women get turned instantly. Immediately. And that men have a, a, a process that they have to go through for some reason. Yeah, that, that doesn't track. That's about as confusing as navigating an Ikea with day blindness while wearing a blindfold made of bees. Dan ran out of energy in the middle of his own joke. He gave up. Bees, I guess. Babe. (laughs) Babe. Babe. Cha-cha. So so. he gets gets the address from the the crazy tweaker, 
Who's and then we raw cut meat and drinking Bloody Marys. Huh? Uh, uh, yeah, bloody Mary. Huh? Yeah. yeah. They, go, they put they put they put the celery in it. Yeah. And then we have the creepiest scene in the entire movie of the freaking the cobble potty looking guy doing what like cutting up the the body of a cadaver. woman on the yeah, slab. Yeah. yeah, cadaver. Couldn't think of the word. Um. So he actually is a working mortician, I guess. Yeah. He's yeah. just His got the cover side. is legit. Yeah. I don't He's got see a what side the hustle. Heel is in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, him whiffing the the smell as he cuts open that woman. Of her. Uh, they, they even play a fart sound. Did yeah. you guys catch that? Yeah. It's really yeah. quiet. It was uh, despicable and he, disturbing. <laughs> He touches her little dead boobs and he talks to her and then the, the gets a knock on the door and it's who else but Rafe Gutman on the case, baby. And he's like, yo, Rafe's here and I'm feeling and we uh, we always laughed at this line because he's like, hey, I'm here to mourn. I'm here to mourn because of the, the, the funeral. I was told to to come for the Cunningham wake. And he goes, we're closed tonight. We always love the line where he goes, I'm feeling excruciatingly sad. I got to mourn at least. Like, and then he goes, oh, I got to or I'm going to lose it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny, pretty clever. Like, it's just it's the it's the extension. It's excruciatingly sad. <laughs> like there's the way that he says it is almost as creepy as the guy himself. And I was like, Katie came in and I was watching this and I was like, I don't know if I hate him in this or love him in this. <laughs> like Dennis Miller. It's a real love-hate relationship. It very much this. feels like he's just sitting in the back seat watching the movie happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's easier to digest that way. Yeah. For, <laughs> and me, I mean, for me, it takes me out of it, though, because it does feel like he is like a viewer and like everyone else is committing hard to this movie, hard. and he's just like, "Fuck this! This is a joyride. I'm getting an easy buck. This is pretty fucked up." He looks at the camera every now and then. <laughs> Would you guys like that if he broke the fourth wall? You know, the- maybe, maybe I might. Yeah. I might actually enjoy Commit that. To I it. I like him in this movie though. But like, that's the thing is like, it's just Dennis Miller doing Dennis Miller, 100%. and the same thing in Joe Dirt. And I guess in Joe Dirt, there's at least a little bit more like focus in what he's doing, um, because he just gets to sit there and like talk to or at somebody. But yeah, like as an active participant in this movie, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, but I don't mind it. I, you know, <laughs> I'm fine with it. It's like, it's not a good movie in the right, first place. It's a B movie he's, at best. He's there to make it entertaining for us. He's hosting the movie. It's like, you don't even need a commentary with Dennis Miller. Cause the movie is the commentary from right. Dennis Miller. Yeah. Uh, he ends up sneaking into the place cause he's turned away from the, the mortician. So he, he's inside the place. How does he get in? Do they even show us? Uh, he, he sneaks like, in like a back door or something, which was yeah. unlocked. <laughs> And he, uh, when he's upstairs, he over. I guess they're closed for the evening because there's interviews going on tonight. And there's <laughs> the, the madam, the madam Lilith, and a new candidate. Yeah, an unsuspecting woman goes to a creepy mansion in the middle of the night for a job interview. But it is to be a, a whore in a whorehouse, so I don't know. I guess that that's on the level. <laughs> it checks out. <laughs> so another schmo knocks on the door, and he's turned away by the mortician. And Rafe, he goes downstairs and he hears that very same woman who's being interviewed by Lilith screaming in the distance. So she's being changed, you know, to a vampire. 
and he goes to hide. When Lilith comes downstairs to go get the English dude about something, and she smells something as he's hiding, and that's like a big moment of suspense. And uh, I, you know, like the, the thing is though, like I don't care how bad you smell, if you're smelling your own armpit, you don't smell it. You don't know that you like. Have you ever, you ever smelt that funky? Call me crazy. I've never smelled so bad that I'm just like, ooh. You know, oh, I've been like, ripe. I've been in. Her, oh yeah, I've been in yeah. little shoes. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Probably. Where I'm like, like is that feet. me? And I check. I have to check. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Rick. Rafe gets away, but not before making I some. Mean, jokes. Maybe it's because I cake on deodorant for like several <laughs> minutes a day. I don't know, but where all your shirts are white. Yeah, pits. <laughs> And they've all got like inch coming off your armpit. Yeah, they all got like this weird residue, like just mushed into the fibers. Here, we can't pay our mortgage. You're going through deodorant like wildfire. Ultra. Do you want me to kind of smell? (laughs) It's got like acid in it and stuff that singes off your pit hairs. Um. So, yeah, he leaves, but not before making some jokes at some corpses and stealing a uh, skull earring, Caleb's skull earring as evidence, and then he gets nose away. Ring, Dan, nose oh, ring. is it? Oh, oh I'm yeah. sorry. They all wear them in their nose. I got a nose ring. <laughs> you know it's mine because it's a skull. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so fucking, like, we got to, like, um get like an animated series <laughs> Feldman adventures but he would just do it like that's the thing yeah. he would just go for it go for it for you fans you're, you're, out you're there. the animator you do it I'll voice him <laughs> the adventures of Corey Feldman I don't know if I want to devote that much time <laughs> to the adventures of Corey Feldman somebody devoted time to walking in gold bloom being roommates so you know like yeah it can happen true. um one quick scene before he heads right back the following night. He visits Chris Sarandon and uh, Catherine again. He wants to show her the skull nose ring. And Chris Sarandon steps in and tells him to leave. And uh, Rafe leaves her the skull ring. And uh, she catches up because she's like, oh, I'm intrigued. So she's like, oh, wait. Goes out in the hallway and she finds out that the ring was at the uh, funeral, the mort- mortuary, thanks to... Rafe. So he recovered it and he tells her he's going back. So am I still on the case, babe? And she's like, yeah, I guess. And he's Why like, All is right. the priest so like against this man trying to find her brother? <laughs> What's his motivation for hating Rafe? He thinks he's a scumbag? I think he's Unless getting it's... too close to, I guess, his operation, right? Oh, okay, yeah, alright. I mean, yeah. either that or he just, you know, he, he wants Caleb gone because he's a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> So that night he catches up with the motorcycle motorcycle tweaker at the front door and he's allowed in, but the tweaker isn't. Hmm. Rafe takes the coffin ride uh, and ends up at the whorehouse. Finally, he ends the bordello. I'm sorry. He ends up in a pretty compromising situation, but handles it pretty well. And it's amazing how much he is uh, riffing, even in the face of danger. <laughs> It's what makes him such a great hero. <laughs> and um, like she, what you, like who? Okay, wipe the slate clean. He's 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 got to be Iron Man, right? In the MCU, <laughs> if you go back to the '90s, you cast Dennis Miller as as. Wow. I mean, you know, yeah, I think you're done. To something wow. There. I know, like, I want to agree with you, and I and I'm ultimately going to. Yeah, so. <laughs> I both hate this and I, I can't help but be like, yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> if Iron Man was like, <laughs> let me. Find... Oh man! <laughs> if, pull if, off my <laughs> if Iron Man said something like, "The effects in this movie are about as believable as the hydroxychloroquine marinated steak at one of Tom Cruise's beards annual barbecues." Why would he be commenting on the movie? <laughs> he's in the movie. Because he's Dennis Miller. He's going to break that fourth wall. <laughs> okay, so right. then fine. Dennis Miller is Deadpool, and then you can have okay. him. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> I, I can't fathom Dennis Miller as Deadpool. In the costume. <laughs> <laughs> this guy wore his brown pants today. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> I try not to say. I don't know. <laughs> so um, okay, where are so we? So he's he's in the dungeon, uh, and he kind of like yeah, he's riffing, and he gets strapped to the table, or like starts yeah, to well, get he's stra- about to. He's about he tur- to get strapped. He turns the table. That's right. I mean. Thank God he got the newbie because she did not see any of this coming. And if he would have gotten someone with even one session of experience, a modicum <laughs> of. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, he role reverse. He's like, oh, you're going to tie me up in this uh, thing here. And she's like, yeah. He's like, oh, kind of like this. And then he binds her hands and she's like, ah! before like she can even realize he's already trapped. I, the one thing I'll say about this scene, too, is that, I, you know, there's a brief moment earlier where he's, like, checking out Ellie Mae's legs. But, like, I appreciate the fact that he's not kind of, like, horn-dogging it in this yeah. scene. Like, and he's not, like, being gross because, like, again, it would just make it so much worse coming from Dennis Miller. I know. So, like, like yeah, it's great that he's, like, almost unaware that there's even boobs on in the room at the time. It's crazy to think that in the third act, two women even – verbally argue over Dennis Miller in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most unbelievable. In a movie with vampires, that's the most unbelievable moment. <laughs> so meanwhile, the tweaker gets off by Lilith. So you get by to that really intense aneurysm guy because he comes in and he acts like a fucking baby with Lilith. Like apparently turning into a vampire is hurting him. Like the sun, like all that. He says, you didn't see it was going to hurt this month. And she's like, Oh, it's men. It's all like half her lines start with men. Always blah, but it, making a generalization. And she says something like that. And then she rips his head off and uh, like just tosses it. And he's done. So and um, so uh, Rafe, uh, he leaves his wallet in the torture chamber after he binds, you know, the prostitute vampire. And he escapes. I love this. He escapes the way he came in. He grabs like a random drink off of a tray, just throws it in the fireplace and then just walks into it casually. <laughs> like he's climbing up the rollers <laughs> for a second. I, w- I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And I completely forgot that that's where the coffin comes through. I was like, is he Santa Clausing it? He's just going to climb up the fucking chimney. <laughs> Out of context, it's much better. Yeah. Just and one drink doused the entire flame of that entire railway. Alcohol, right? Or is it just yeah. trays of water? <laughs> right. Like glasses of water. So apparently he has... A, so Lilith comes in and she sees the wallet. And she's like, oh, what is this? And she licks um, the prostitute's fingers because she, uh, she pricked him earlier and got a little taste of his blood. 
Dennis Miller. She's like, which he was completely unfazed by. She had a lot of blood on the back of her, I mean, on her yeah, fingers. Just, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, that would be whoa. dripping down his neck. He would feel that. Whoa, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so she looks and she goes, she looks at it and she's like, this is like one of the most rare bloods I've ever had. I've had this since I've been terrible. And, um, Which is apparently motivation just to keep him alive, because that's the point. Yep. They're just going to hook him up and strap him down and just kind of keep him alive just enough to, you know, that old chestnut. The vampires are just going to drain him. Um, so as he tries to escape, he needs to hide again, and he sees the tweaker's head in a casket and freaks out just a little bit as he's hiding. Uh, and then he gets away. So he sees what's going on. Uh, at his office slash house uh, apartment, Lilith catches up with him as he locks and loads his gun and also takes a big swig from his bottle of whiskey. And she offers herself in, like, many forms to him. Any form he wants. If they join up, you know, I guess this is the the villain scene where they try to entice the, the pro tag before they sure. say no. And uh, she's... You know, that did... real basic, like, boring writing. <laughs> um. Just watch Spider, the original Spider-Man, where they're on the roof, but he's just like literally sits on Join a. Join uh, me, <laughs> yeah, just, you know. <laughs> we should work together. It's literally just two action figures like banging <laughs> against each other because they got no, there's no mouths in that whole scene. Those movies are so well. Yeah, I don't need to tell you guys, but um, she uh, yeah, she she offers herself to him and uh. It, but he ultimately refuses, and she's like, oh, I know. I'll take the form of your crush, Catherine. <laughs> Catherine. She's Marsha I mean, Mar- Brady. Acting, <laughs> acting quality or not, like, again, I, 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 think, I think Angie Everhart, the actual supermodel, is, is a step up above Erica Aleniak. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Do you agree? Coming in hot. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I think they're both playing their parts pretty well. All right. Um, I, I mean, I didn't say that Angie Everhart was playing the part well. I just said she's just a better, a better step looker. up. Uh, it goes back to my ten-year-old uh, uh, redhead crush that I had. Though. <laughs> I love them redheads. So uh, crazy. So um, Catherine shows up. And it's that old, um, that classic, she walks in and compromising position between her, you know, the guy she's working with, Dennis Miller, her, mm-hmm. you know, her beau, in this case, Dennis Miller, and uh, Angie Everhart, who's like trying to entice him. And she's like, oh, what? Did, I'm leaving. And he's like, oh, babe. And he like tries to chase her out. She's like, I'm going to the cops. And then we go to the cops. and Because uh, they were so much help before. Yeah. And here we are. And I love that her she's not upset that he's with another woman because she has not shown any interest in him at this point. It's that he is with a woman of the night, a woman from the bordello. <laughs> um, now, do you guys think this? Now, do you guys? What do you guys think about the pacing of this uh, movie? <laughs> Why? What, what are you getting at? It's <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's slow, but it makes the polar ice caps look like they're having a fire sale on Madison Avenue during stimulus check week, babe. You walked right into a chair. You asked him for it. <laughs> I did. I did. It's my own goddamn fault. Two barrels of Miller <laughs> unloaded on you. <laughs> you pulled the trigger, babe. 
Would you? I would love to see a cowboy movie where he's in it and, and he's like the star. He's like the hero. Called Two Barrels of Millie. <laughs> you know what I'm really looking for is just it. It could just be the cold open to his um, stand-up special. You know how sometimes they do like filmed openings. Like it could be a cowboy. <laughs> it's a cowboy. And you know what? Those are always really good too. <laughs> I love those. I think you're right, Jer. Whenever, I, whenever I turn on a one-hour stand-up special, I I love to see five minutes of bullshit at the beginning before the guy comes it. out. I like it when they they are pacing backstage in silence, and you just hear the crowd rev up, and you, you know, go, they they don't do that this, in a lot of specials, and because in your head you think this is a real job for them. <laughs> They're real people. This is just like us. He's stressed out. He's <laughs> I'd be stressed out too. Wow, I relate. You can hear the people. Listen to these people that are swelling in the background. You can That's hear a lot them. of pressure. That's like I can imagine. Wow. So it makes me appreciate those jokes more. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> such a dicks. <laughs> so um so this is where we learn that baby Chuck Norris is working for the Reverend, actually, and this is like where he reveals, you know, we're eliminating the sinners and, and whatnot and uh, and then Ellie Mae comes in. She's just like, I look, I have, I know I have no credentials whatsoever, but I want to make a documentary film. And he's just like, <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> that is the most out of left field thing in this movie. I want to make a documentary that's presented more like a fucking reporter just walking in, like, tell me, sir, why do you like this? Like, that's, that's not a documentary. Journalism. This is a this is a fucking video package. I feel like Chris Sarandon needs to say, like, are you sure you shouldn't have done that in the first act? I mean, like, this is kind of late. It's kind of coming out of left field. Uh, I feel right. like Rasputin at a Baroque radio shack <laughs> trying to tune into mystery theater while <laughs> quilling a scroll and curing rabies with ground liver wart. Yep. Babe. Babe. Cha-cha. <laughs> um, Chris Sarandon. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we find out the dwarf is so the dwarf is like, um, oh, they go to the cops. OK. And the cop is eating stew. And that gives Dennis Miller ample opportunity to make fun of him eating. It's like, can you get this is that in your fucking head? The most contrived fucking <laughs> choices being made in this movie are just wild. Like, OK, so now we really need him to be eating stew yep. because Dennis Miller wants to do a line about stew. Or is that in the script? That it's, somebody had to write the line, right. hey, could you get any more of that fucking stew into your right. face? <laughs> Harry Potter, Gandalf, like in uh, Pixels, they had to write a Harry Potter guy just extra. They had to write a Gandalf guy just so Adam Sandler could zing him really briefly for like Man. 10 seconds. Or this is a case of Dennis Miller uh, riffing and ad-libbing, and then they have to then... <laughs> they <had> to... <laughs> Go get a can of stew and do a cutaway of this man eating stew. stew. Right. You made up the stew. Fuck, like Dennis. He wasn't eating stew, Dennis. He was going to can of stew. Where are we going to get Dinty more stew at this hour? It's midnight, Dennis. There's a Kroger that's it's my 10 problem, miles man. away. Anyway, I'm out I'm going to go back to my shop. Dennis. He does his sign off. Um, Fucking hell. So... 
He wants – okay, so uh, they tell the cops that something fishy is going on, right? And the cops are like, why should I believe you? Like, just come to the mortuary, babe. So they go to the mortuary, and the guy, the British creep, uh, is running it, and he answers the door, and he's all – like, he's putting on a, quite a show. And Miller's, like, commenting on it. He's like, little Lawrence Olivier, I'm squirting tears over here. And uh, they go over to the, the coffin ride. He's like, this is where it is, babe. And they open up the door, and uh, – uh, he wastes a coffin, like because he puts the coffin into the flames and he he lowers it in, and uh, the guy's like, "That's like a thousand dollar coffin." It's like, which uh, is like a fucking cheap ass coffin, by the way. Yeah. Well, this is 1996. It's true. So fifty thousand dollars today. <laughs> Thirty six dollars. Thirty six. Thirty-six dollars. <laughs> hey, thirty-six dollars. <laughs> Pork rind. Um, <laughs> the cop does not believe him, and uh, that, then they're turned away. So now they're on their own again, right? So uh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, and then like the Reverend follows like little Chuck Norris to the to the strip club yeah and lilith and the the little guy watch so they're watching them leave and lilith well this is important she comments on how cute dennis miller's butt is as they're leaving and uh tells the uh, little guy that things would be a lot more fun if she was leading things so he's thinking the little guy now we're at the church chris sarandon little guy shows up he makes one more attempt at making some kind of money off of this bordello thing so he doesn't feel like he's being taken advantage of and chris sarandon gives him like the most intimidating stare down and says like we're doing this for god and he's like right 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 and um we learned that sarandon you know is, is working with him and they're using the lady vampires to kill sinners as we said and uh, that's it. So what happens is, and this is like a matter, a real matter of trust, as Billy Joel would say, is there's always a handoff, Gandalf handoff with the key. <laughs> like, isn't there like every week, like the dwarf has to take the key back to Chris Sarandon so it's in his safe. So there's always in transit, like at least I would say like once a week, he has to take it back to him Which and then take it away from the him open of the movie that the key could be anywhere it could yep. be in a safe it could be yeah. anywhere and we control her it doesn't That's have to right. come out of the safe ever. but he wants to he wants That's to true. make sure that because we later learn that what happens if anything happens to the key is like apparently by breaking the key it sets her free like that, that's that's, that's right. an odd like why does it have to be a key that doesn't get inserted into it. It doesn't is unlock there blood in it. In the opening, there's it's red, and then later it's not. It's like, like white. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Then we cut to like, and this is another thing that makes me think the movie is edited weird. And there's other things that they cut out because right after this scene, after he puts the key in the wall safe, and the little guy sees this happen, and the wheels are turning in his head. Keep that in mind. We cut straight to the laser Satan set piece scene. <laughs> So we're still in the same location, even though it feels like another day. Yeah. And he goes to get his guitar, and apparently this laser is so fucking super powered <laughs> that it shoots a cross-shaped, burns a, sh- a cross-shaped hole in the stage and ruins his like string on his guitar because it grazes it. And he's like, the damn thing could have killed me. Was the idea that it was supposed to hit the mirror on the guitar and then bounce onto the devil coming out of the cross i have no idea either way it sounds dangerous right it's pointless <clears throat> so and the laser light oh the lord a rocco's modern life joke 
the big fans of Rocco, the, the filmmakers. Um, Catherine, this is where Catherine asks if she can make a documentary on lust, which is like really out of left field. He says, go with God. And that's when uh, Dennis Miller investigates uh, like a mausoleum because that's where he went to the the he saw the casket. I remember earlier with the tweaker's head and with the body and he sees this funeral service and he sees the, the pallbearers are like, having a struggling, like a hard time lifting the casket. They take it to a mausoleum, and then later at night he busts in there and takes pictures of like a corpse and and tweaker's head. Two, yeah, two yeah, two, two bodies in one coffin. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where uh, Chris Sarandon he he comes back to the office and like the little guy acts really shady and he like he gets straight on the elevator and he's like, Close "Where are you going? Doctor's appointment." And the <laughs> as the doors are shutting. And he goes and he sees that his wall safe is open. And he just got robbed. But like, it's so stupid because he doesn't get very far. He just goes straight to the strip club with Lilith, and Chris Sarandon easily tracks him down there. Which, what? <laughs> what? How does he know where he's at? He's no at a idea. random strip club. We have not established this location at all. <laughs> yeah. He immediately finds them. It feels like there's some cutout stuff. Yeah. To where he says, I'll be at the strip club at this time, at this day. <laughs> he goes every Thursday at 7. <laughs> They've established that. <laughs> so he goes to the strip club to confront him. And uh, Catherine is also there. So we got Lilith there with the little guy. And then Chris Sarandon shows up to confront him because he stole his fucking key. And then <laughs> Catherine shows up with a camera crew at a strip club with a microphone and just gets in some of the papers. Tell me, sir, why are you here at this strip club? <laughs> that is so comically, like, bad and, like, misguided. <laughs> Again, she's not a journalist, so why is she presenting herself like that? It's so, like... If you're making a documentary, they need to sign a release to even be, on the, be in the movie. This is like movies like written by a 12-year-old. Because, like, this is how it works. They just show up with the camera. You know camera. how it's written by a 12-year-old? Two chicks. That's, <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so, uh... So, um, so thank like so Catherine she interviews Lilith and Lilith doesn't mind being on camera but Chris Sarandon certainly does the preacher he kind of pieces off to the side little guy gets out of there and runs to the back but don't worry because they're all gonna catch up in the back real soon but in this scene Lilith talks to Catherine and like confidently answers her questions kind of taunts her a little bit and that's that but in the back that's when um. There's a kind of a kerfuffle between Lilith and uh, the little guy and and the preacher, and uh, the little guy takes out the key and just like I'm gonna do something I should have done a long time ago. <laughs> and he throws the key and he breaks it and he frees uh, Lilith and Which she's again, like, "Thanks, you should have done this from the start." But the plan originally was to use it to control her. Why would you ever have done this <laughs> to release her? Yeah, the, what you need to do is just hold on to the key. Like, that's the problem. Right. That's all you need you to do. take control of her instead of letting Chris Sarandon do it. Too much pressure. <laughs> and all he has to do is, hey, Lilith, eat him. Like, that's right. it. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, both Rafe and uh, Catherine learn on their own simultaneously that there may be vampires in town. Her, through looking at the footage with the editor and seeing that Lilith does not show up on the footage... And they're there like, was a woman there, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you asshole, you were standing there. <laughs> and Rafe, because he looks at the pictures of the uh, corpse in the casket, and he sees that uh, there's only one corpse in there. Huh. Interesting. Which he apparently did not look at before bringing them to her, because he wasn't. 
he shows up at her office with pictures of a dead guy. <laughs> he's like, look at these frantically. And then he gets carried out understandably because he has pictures of a dead person. <laughs> and uh, he's like, there was two people in this photo before. You got to believe me, Catherine. And like, if you just heard that, yeah, take him away, boys. <laughs> <clears throat> And uh, I mean, this guy's pretty antisocial as it is. He's always like making these sly remarks yeah. and stuff. You know, take him away. He's not on the level, babe. But take, like, take him away. Thankfully, this lasts for like 10 seconds, this mistrust, because like she learns on her own that this that Lilith isn't turning up on the video. So what ends up happening is cut to them watching the footage at her place. You know, Rafe and Catherine, and they're like now and this is the first time they even pitched this in the movie. And this is like an hour in. He's like, now this is some Dukovnian theory here, so don't throw me out of the room, but I think we're dealing with vampires. And she's like, what? No. It's like, I don't know. I don't want to get off on a rant here. And then she gets a call, and it's from uh, Corey Feldman, her brother. And he's like, in normal form, question mark? He's like, Jared, what does he say on the phone? <laughs> I don't know. He's just in a panic. He's just like, you need to come help me. Like, you got to get over here to this uh, industrial warehouse. <clears throat> got to get down to the sewer. Cowabunga. <laughs> so they go. Do you like penicillin on your pizza? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they show up at like, it's like, what is it? It's like a smelting factory kind of deal. We'll just it's a, it a, it's a, a third generic. act warehouse yeah. factory yeah. boiler room pl- yeah. place. It's a horror icon. It's every... where Freddy fought Jason. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Caleb is there, Corey Feldman. But guess what? He's a v- 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 vampire. When uh, when they walk up to him, he, he springs to action, and he he's creepier than before. And like he's not. I don't know if he's quite flirty with his sister here, but he certainly is in, in subsequent scenes when they finally yeah. get her. And it's really, nah. yeah, it's uncomfortable. There's a chase, though. And once again, Dennis Miller is riffing Riff Gutman to the on the scene because he's like, what does he say? That is the scariest fucking thing. That is the second scariest fucking thing. And then he hangs on a rope and he goes through. The only reason he gets split up from Catherine is because he doesn't know where he's going when he's on the rope. He just goes straight through the window. Because he doesn't let go the way that she did. He just lets himself fly through. <laughs> She's clearly swung on a few chains before, while Dennis Miller is not. Yeah, it's Chubby clear. O'Toole knows her way around the chains. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so now the bad guys have Catherine, and Lilith looks as though she's about to bite her. Back at the, the, the bordello, they got her all shackled up and caleb's there with it sticking out his tongue intermittently <laughs> and just getting horny evil dead or after evil dead after after it, all three evil dead movies oh wow okay so the makeup is very deadite i mean very uh <laughs> close to some evil dead reference there yeah this is some sam raimi stuff here <laughs> this is good i um, heard they got a discount <laughs> so second hand <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like Lily Lilith, Lilith is uh <laughs> gonna looks like she's about to bite Catherine, so keep that in mind. And they cut away. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> keep keep that in mind. Keep that in Don't mind. forget. <laughs> so Chris Chris Sarandon shows up to make a fake truce with the well, vampires. Wait a we got 
we, there, there's that brief scene because there's another vampire in the hot like he goes he busts oh, through the yeah. window and it's like I don't know how but somehow gets to the hospital God. I don't know yeah. who brings him there oh the cop because... he lands on the cop car oh, oh yeah the cop brings him to the hospital and and they buckle him stomach side down yeah I, I've never <laughs> seen anyone get <laughs> strapped down to a hospital bed <laughs> facing forward <laughs> he's getting the miller treatment yeah, a rectal yeah. exam i guess they're just like put his face down so we don't he can muffle his so mouth shut the fuck up he's getting off on too many rants yeah so once again i'm sorry like rewinding here where he's at the hospital and he it, it's so jarring and so weird and it feels like a lot of footage was lost here at this hospital because not only is this nurse named tammy like apparently known by her first name by dennis miller was she even established earlier in this movie i don't I remember so. seeing any of this person at all like the the movie shoots her like haha remember her <laughs> she's back and he's like tammy <laughs> we're like who the fuck is tammy <laughs> and uh she tries to kill him but it's the middle of the day and she's not very bright and she gets her like nurse's uniform caught on like a hook or something and then causes a, a spill you know her skin is showing the sunlight from the window gets on her back and it makes her burst into flames and this is like blade rules uh for wesley stops because they like turn into fruit of the looms like grapes and they explode just it's like, like in it, blade. yeah if you've ever put like a hot dog in the microwave without <laughs> sure. poking a hole and it's sure, sure. I feel like Chris Sarandon should go the Blade route. Like, remember the opening of Blade that you have the nightclub? And, that, you know, like, I'm sure they're all sinners. They're all doing drugs. They're all having premarital sex. And, and you know, Blade comes and fucks up their shit. Chris Sarandon, he needed to work out a deal with Blade instead of <laughs> yeah. uh, the little guy in Lilith. So that was a mistake. He's the fucking Pumpkin King. You'd think he could do it, too, no less. <laughs> That's right. But not when he's singing, right? No. <laughs> And he's just Danny Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> Who sounds like... I Jim... wrote this song, so I have to sing it. <laughs> he sounds like Jiminy Glick. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I think he kind of sounds like Martin Short when Jack Skellington sings. Um, That's just my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get off on a rant. <laughs> and then we get a random Whoopi cameo in this oh scene, too. Right Can you guys help me out here? What is, is this a reference to some other Crypt Keeper thing? I don't know. I mean, the, the Tales from the Crypt definitely got a lot of celebrities in it. I don't okay. know if this was a reference to something that happened in the show or if it's yes. just like, get Whoopi. That'll be funny. <laughs> right. Because she was doing her she was doing a tour around this time of just coming on. Rascals. <laughs> yep. She, like I said. The tour ended there. <laughs> <laughs> Bordello Blood, Little Rascals, end of tour. All right, that was good. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Time to get to the view. Because she's whoopee. Because she's <laughs> That's her backstory, her BS. <laughs> and uh, then this is where we get the thing that, as a child, I used to always question. How come the good guys don't just go to the bad guys and pretend like they're going to be on their side? And right. no because you see that happen in the scene with the reverend and you're like, Oh, that's why. Cause it's fucking stupid and it's boring and <laughs> it dumb and work. it doesn't work. Uh, does. I'll come to join you. Yep. Yeah. So he's, he's like, Oh, 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 and before anything can really happen, Rafe crashes his car through the front door and kills the uh, mortician. <laughs> it's like Jason Statham in the transporter. When he looks through the eye hole, he just sees him <laughs> running up, <laughs> but it's a car. 
Uh, I think Dennis Miller could have been the transporter. So Rafe <laughs> also has... Iron Man, the transporter. So many missed opportunities Deadpool. for Dennis Miller. Guy, I really hope I know that this podcast will have taken off if our fans photoshopped Dennis Miller into various That's like blockbuster it, yeah. roles. Yeah. So Rave crashes his car through the front door, yada yada. Um, he has no problem shooting the little guy, instantly killing him <laughs> as soon as he gets out of the car. Just <laughs> kills him immediately. They're like, look, we got to wrap this third act up. Just fucking go yeah. for it at this point. He gives uh, Sarandon a squirt gun, and he's like, it's holy water. Come on, are you on the level or not? You got any bite marks? I'm getting a little nervous here. And he goes, no, it's me, JC. And they have a ballroom blitz. Man, I wish the whole movie was like this scene. Because this is the moment where I'm like, okay, this had potential. We got Mm -hmm. ballroom blitz and a fucking awesome fight scene with water guns. I think this is what they thought this this movie was going to be. Yeah. Dennis Miller, Chris, who Chris Herandon, who's in Fright Night, who has experience in the genre, and Fright Night's like a pretty powerful installment as a retro horror movie. So like he's got that credibility walking into this movie, and I I just feel like in this sequence when they're working together, they have this energy where they're like, people are gonna really dig this. Like, <laughs> and you know what's crazy is the fact that if I remember correctly, they had the choice to make From Dusk Till Dawn a Tales from the Crypt movie. And like um, they chose to do this one instead. <laughs> I think I vaguely recall something like that, but it's fun. Are you I tapping? Still, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. You better not, man. You just gave like a bunch of shit for that the other day. <laughs> I did. What were we saying? Oh, the potential of the whole movie. Oh, oh yeah, from in this scene. But going back, uh, it's funny you bring up From Dust Till Dawn because uh, this is the exact same year. This is 1996. A really sophisticated, cool vampire movie. And then you got this. It's kind of just like apples and oranges, but this of the same ilk. Uh, I don't know. Just yeah. just food for thought, babe. Um, so they're tearing up all those vampires. They're shooting them up with holy water. She's. Um, yeah, what else happens here, guys? They, go, they get into the the, the dungeon. I wrote down that there's a sneak move on the Reverend. Like, yeah, he thinks he's saving Catherine, but it's Lilith tied up, and then she, uh, right, right, and yeah, she wounds him. But Rafe gets in like this hero, like leap with an axe. He like jumps in like like seven feet, like from seven <laughs> feet up, and like plunges an axe into Lilith, and like half of her body like goes in half. It's pretty cool. And then she just like lifts her arm and like presses the two halves together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Catherine's tied up underneath the torture table. That's the fake out. So, you know, he Trying tells to put uh, her in another room. <laughs> <laughs> they only so, had four sets. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Chris Sarandon. Another room? What are you, crazy? <laughs> as he's dying, he tell, he basically kind of tells Rafe and, and Catherine what to do to save the day, I think. They got to cut her heart into four pieces, and, and that'll be that. So... Caleb and then he uh, says, because I am dead, I can take off my head. <laughs> Caleb uh, also dies by getting shot through the torso with holy water. We got to mention that. So he dies here. He said, sorry, sorry. He's got some kind of line like, oh, this sucks or something. Fuck. <laughs> One <laughs> hole. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so this sequence uh it ends with Rafe also getting captured by Lilith. 
um, but not before he got that heroic leap, because it all ends here at the church, like the mega church. And yeah, you think up. that this should end here at the bordello? Like they they get the up on them. There's like a, one more little scuffle, and they somehow take care of it here. But no. Yeah, it's like one more thing, guys. Uh, Dennis Miller's tied up, and Lilith uh, is like, "You just wait here, babe. I'm gonna go fight Catherine." And she goes down to the stage, and they have like a one-on-one. And uh, I think Miller like gets uh, handcuffed. Oh. He gets handcuffed near oh, yeah. the controls of the uh, laser O the Lord. Sorry, I, I was a little bit I, – I messed it up a little bit. He doesn't get captured at the bordello. They, like, have a plan at the mega church. He's got the laser. He has, like, a headset on there corresponding with the cameraman from earlier, and he unfortunately just gets splattered onto the monitors because Lilith shows up. And um, they just don't have – they try to use the laser to – and I think they successfully do cut her heart into four. Yes, but she says, you fools. You can cut my heart into four, but if it's in my body, I will still be able to uh, walk and talk and move around. Giving him, giving him the score, giving him the rules, yeah, which right. is really <laughs> nice of her. Idiots, uh, you have to get it out of my chest. Uh, so she kind of has a fight with Catherine on the stage, and then like she goes back to Miller and because she thinks she gets the best of Catherine, and then she's done, and then she's like, I'm going to grind your balls into quacky movie. <laughs> and she turns into her, like, her true vampire form, and uh, that's when Catherine comes up with a sneak attack from behind with, like, the, I think it's a prop from the devil, the Satan uh, set piece, and she plunges it through uh, Lilith's chest and finally gets those four pieces out, and Miller catches one of them, like, even though he's tied up, and uh, it all works out. She dies. And that's it. Um, then Before we get a rabbi consecrates. Yes, at, on site, and um, yet yeah, then he gets his line cut off when he's yeah. trying to respond to Dennis Miller about his yamulka. <laughs> All that work, and and he doesn't even get to complete his line. I was like, I thought it'd be funny if he's like, I I'm kind of in Bordello of Blood. Uh, so they leave and uh they're they're at the mortuary they get in the car and there's a twist at the end dennis miller's kind of getting frisky with uh with Catherine there babe and he notices that there are bite marks but it's on her thigh thigh lilith got her when i remember when i said keep that in mind well she got her and then he goes "Ah!" and it goes to like a crane shot it cranes up on the house and it's just dennis miller or his body double and not with, moving his mouth. He's just kind of moving his head. <laughs> it's bad. And then it cuts back to the mummy and the Crypt Keeper kind of putting a button on this whole thing. Uh, the Crypt Keeper beat the mummy in this. Down to uh, his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has, throws five puns at us in a row. <laughs> and then, Which I would expect no less from the Crypt Keeper. And then he says, he pieces out. He's like, I'm sure we'll have five more of these movies. <laughs> See you soon, kitties. And, that's and then it. we leave. We we do the reverse shot from the opening credits of the TV show, which we did not do in this movie. <laughs> so the camera pulls out of the house that we did not enter at the it beginning of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the cool uh, Tales from the Crypt House. Yeah, which, I mean, thank God there is that because, like, you don't hear that opening theme like anywhere else in this movie. They save it for the end there. You need it as far as I'm concerned. It's signature. Yeah. So yeah. This the, was this the last ride for them? Was this it for the Crypt Keeper? 
if you don't count ritual, which I I'll, I have to watch it and I'll get back to you, but like it depends. No, I, who you I, if ask. I remember correctly, the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House, the game show on like CBS Saturday mornings, came after this movie. Like that was that again another tank. another example of something from like the 80s or 90s that was not for kids that they somehow said let's turn it into a cartoon it makes no sense there's right. no nothing kid friendly Serpico, in there the cartoon except you know, for the fact like, that it's a puppet like that's that's it that's i guess they're like well it's a puppet so kids <laughs> will kind of you know kids like puppets you guys alone it was i think it was about two years ago and they pulled the plug on it but m night Shyamalan was going to reboot tales from the crypt uh oh, for no, one of the streaming that. services Never came to fruition. I don't know why. Now they can, though. I mean, with HBO, with HBO Max, like, just do it. Like, yeah, why not? I would love it. There's no reason to not do like a handful of them around Halloween. You know, like you don't have to feel involved. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? That's uh, speaking of like the people involved. We we mentioned earlier uh, in relation to the show, but the story for this movie was written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. (laughs) That's right. Back to the Future fame. And here's the little bit that I read about that because I thought this was so funny. Like apparently in the like late 70s when they were uh, first came to Hollywood, they had the idea for a vampire movie that takes place in a bordello. That was like kind of their idea. Mm-hmm. You know, years go by and Robert Zemeckis is about to leave. Like he gets a deal offer from DreamWorks, which as we all know, like Spielberg you know, was associated with dreamers or is associated with dreamers. Right. So basically to entice Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale to not go over to DreamWorks, they're like, we'll make that Bordello movie that you want. (laughs) And for whatever reason, they're like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's crazy to me that like, he could have had like a big deal, like right there at the beginning of DreamWorks. And like, (laughs) he's like he went with this it's like a sign of good faith like oh they believe in the bordello that much they they really believe in us yeah yeah which is also like you got a question because another movie that was almost a tales from the crypt movie is the frighteners with michael j fox so it's like why did they not just go ahead and make that slap it on i yeah i don't get it but yeah I don't this know. This is the sinew that brought together Back to the Future, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> all these connective tissue. That it's is all interesting. HBO and the Crypt Keeper. Point right. is, there's still gas in the uh, in the old tank, cha cha. And I don't know right. about Dennis Miller's uh, tank, babe. Now, I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying this movie missed the mark, but it makes John Carney look like MVP, babe. <laughs> you know the uh, 2003 Saints <laughs> kicker. Oh, playoffs. <laughs> cool, babe. We all got that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, no, thanks, Dennis. Good. Thanks for explaining. Thanks, thanks for including all of us in this joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is the 25th anniversary of Bordello of Blood, starring Dennis Miller and Ellie Mae Clampett and Angie Everhart and, and Corfelds himself. That's right. Um, so. That is going to be it for us this week. Tell them where you can find they can find you, Rick. Oh, I do a podcast called uh, Four Guys on a Train. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all that fun stuff. Um, uh, at Four Guys on a Train on Twitter, no Instagram, and at the number Four Guys on a Train um, on 
Instagram. Well, you'll see it. I mean, like, you, you look for it on one site, you'll see that, yeah. uh, that, that, that logo and, and you'll know that it's the same one. So. <laughs> and uh, you can also follow us on the usual social media channels. And don't forget that you can also sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash 90 under 90, where we have 90 over 90 once a month, our special 90 movies over 90 minutes, a very select group. We got the franchise first timer show. We got the since no one asked side shows. And uh, that is going to be it for us this week. I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dane. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Dan Eden. <laughs> and I'm Rick Schuler. Cha cha. <laughs> That's a wrap, babe. I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right? <laughs> <laughs>